Lily had no suitor. Not that she wasn't comely. Her eyes had the same sky-like depth as her mother's. Her skin was as fair and flawless. And some said she had her mother's singing voice. But Lily was taller, more robust, and her light brown hair, not as silken, curled every which way about her face, no matter how hard she tried to tame it into a bun on top of her head. Had she failed to find a husband because she met so few eligible bachelors? What about those who once came calling? Was she too choosy? Her girlhood chums had all found husbands, and though Lily was always the one with the wit and spirit to lead them in their girlish adventures, little by little they became absorbed in raising families and no longer included her in their lives thus denying her even the comforting presence of close woman friends. Lily, I want you to know I appreciate all you've done for me and the boys, the way you've sacrificed yourself. Johann hesitated, clearing his throat to let the words out. But in a few weeks, Mina will come into this house with her two little girls. The household decisions will be Mina's then. That's only right. But I hope you and Mina and her little girls will be friends. Yeah, for sure. We will be good friends. As the words passed her lips, she knew the time had come for her to leave her father's house. But where could she go? If only she had learned to flirt a little, like Mina. Perhaps she would attract a husband. But who? There were no suitable men around Lindstrom. Those marriageable were either too old or too young, too crude or too dish-rag dull. Until now she had avoided the thought of hiring out in the village. How could she stand to work as a hired girl, barely earning room and board, after running her own house, her father's house, for half her life? And who would she work for? Miller Borg's widow was so crotchety no one could please her. And old man Olson came on to every girl he hired so that she was forced to lock her bedroom door at night. Rinsing the last of the underwear, Lily watched her father take an extra hard whack at a stubborn stump. If only human dilemmas could be cleared as easily as the land. Just as she pinned the last of her wash to the line, she heard her brother's team and wagon returning from the village, bringing seed for their cornfield and barrels of flour and sugar for the pantry. Above the jingle of harness and the soft groan of greased axles, Nell shouted, Lily, there's a letter! He waved a small envelope in his chunky hand. Nell's, at twenty-two, was the younger of her brothers, and her favorite. Saki, like their father, with a sunburned face that set off his fair hair, he had the sweet disposition of their mother, Unlike Lars, taller and equally fair, who often invented reasons to complain. While Lars took the team to the barn, Nels brought the letter to Lily. It's for Pa. She studied both sides of the envelope for a clue to its sender. It was postmarked March 30th, 1886, three weeks earlier, and the address was penned in an unmistakably Swedish hand. Perhaps the letter inside would be in Swedish. Her father could not read English well, though he spoke it almost exclusively after her mother passed on. 
Lily and her brothers had attended the village school to learn to read and write English, and under her mother's tutoring, Lily also learned to read the few books brought from the old country and to sing her mother's favorite Swedish songs. Johan heard Lily call to him and stopped work when he saw her running toward him across the meadow. Pa! A letter! She gave him the envelope and stood waiting. Johan studied the smudged handwriting. Letters were a rare and pleasant mystery that needn't be solved too hastily. After carefully lifting the seal, he studied the signature for a moment, then looked up at her in surprise. By golly, it's from Cousin Hannah's boy, Gunnar Jorgesen. He scanned the short message, his brow furrowing as he slowly comprehended its meaning. This is more for you, Lily, than for me. He handed her the letter. It was scrawled in Swedish with a...